Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey everyone, it's another week of Cinematics. This is episode number 204. I am... Bruce Perky, am I, is it 204? Yeah, it is 204. I, I get Eric Holmes. What do you think? 204, are you correct? What do you think? 204, is that all right with you, Eric Holmes? Uh, you're, you're on. Eric, your, your mic isn't, uh, isn't on. I think the um, yes. ground control to Major uh, Eric, Eric Holmes. I, I grounded my mic, but yeah. I, I ungrounded it. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, yeah, it is 204. Okay, episode 204. 204. Yes, we have some really great films this week. Agreed I, by my better Bruce Perky. Do you, do you agree with that? We have some really interesting, great movies this week. Very interesting. Some great movies. Some great. Oh. When you say some great, do you mean the new Liam Neeson film, Retribution? Do you think that's going to be great? Amazing? That was so great that it just like, it immersed into my soul without even going through my eyeballs. I didn't even see it. It just went into me. It, oh, oh, that is a visual. That Bruce sounds Berkeley. wrong. It went yeah, into me. That, Stop, that, Liam Neeson. Get out of me. You didn't yeah. ask for permission. <laughs> Speaking of very wrong, Eric Holmes we're trying to get Patreon members to our Cinematics community. Thank you, Patreon members, for actually being part of our Patreon patron service, our weekly thing, our bonus episode. Eric Holmes, what are we covering for the year 2010? We will be recording our Patreon bonus episode next week. What are the movies? Well, we're going to be covering Trash Humpers, and we're also apparently we're also going to be covering MacGruber, which um, might be a bit late. I don't know if you listen to the middle class film class trivia thing, but. Uh, uh, there was a certain uh, oh. six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of uh, part that uh, I failed at, partly oh. due to the fact that uh, apparently I haven't seen MacGruber enough times. Oh my goodness! Okay, well I've, I have never seen MacGruber. Bruce Perky, have you seen MacGruber before? Yes, I've seen it all the way through once and a bunch of parts of it lots of times, but I haven't seen it all the way through twice. So this will be my second full viewing. Okay, so next week on Cinematics we will be doing a Patreon episode. For our members, Trash Humpers and MacGruber, to the year 2010. Plus, in about a couple of weeks for our Patreon bonus, we're going to be doing for one of our Patreon members, Kristen. We're going to do a special spotlight, director spotlight on filmmaker Christian Petzold. The movies we're covering is Transit and Undine. Bruce Perky, you want to say anything about Christian Petzold before we start moving? You've uh, devoured some Petzold <laughs> the last several days. Any kind of well, teaser thoughts? I had only seen Undine until recently, and now I've seen Transit, and I, I, I'm i starting to get a flavor, but I don't know if two movies is enough to know I'm getting the flavor of this director, but um, what I'm seeing is very interesting and, and, and kind of cool, and uh, it'll be it'll be a good discussion, I think. It's always fun to kind of, in a roundabout, discover a director, you know, that you maybe hadn't considered. So that's going to be good for me, I think, as a <laughs> as a discoverer more than a critic kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, you are a discoverer because of what's in the box. And we're going to have a what's in the box spotlight pretty soon. I think, I I, I don't know, it's either going to be next week or the following week, The Kid Detective. But Eric Holmes, I think one of the reasons why we're putting the director spotlight as an added bonus for Patreon is because don't you miss the director spotlight that we used to do maybe three years ago when we would spotlight like the late William Friedkin. Do you miss those those times when all three of us would be talking about filmmakers, which we don't do too much anymore yeah. as much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how, that's kind of how uh, we uh, discovered Elise Guy Blaché. That's how uh, we got into Maya Darren. Um, yes. 
uh, uh, Joseph Greg, H. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it, it's kind of cool to just kind of hit on like one artist in particular and just kind of do deep dives on them. And, uh, you know, you kind of get a kind of expand your horizons a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I have an sorry. idea for a branding of that when we do that episode. No, no, no. You, Eric, <laughs> did you tell Bruce that only I'm doing the ideas now? Did you? Did Maybe. You send... <laughs> yes, but Maybe. I need more idea for a T-shirt. More T-shirt Maybe ideas. We call so that. Maybe we we call that segment. I know it's a, a director spotlight. Maybe we call it a Patreon intervention. <laughs> I love that. You know what? We will brand it. Patron, a patron intervention. Because the patron is intervening in our usual flow or non-flow and uh, forcing us to to, to forcing take us, some rehab. Allowing yeah. us. Forcing us some rehab with their particular director. Oh, Okay. Bruce, I really love Patreon intervention. The reason why I really feel like striking it down, which I want, it's going to be branded because Bruce says so. So it is written, so it shall be done. It's a little bit too intellectual and dry and very witty and charming it's, uh, qualities that me and Eric Holmes, I, we don't have, we have nil, nothing. So you're kind of showing okay, us the room there, the Bruce. Patreon speedball. Patreon speedball. That's what it is now. <laughs> so it is Patreon. We'll call it, the, we'll call it like Lactar a movie, movie mainline. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, very okay. good. So Patreon intervention. That is a great idea from Bruce Perky. He should have more ideas. All my ideas suck. But actually, Eric Holmes has another great idea or maybe an idea he had from last week that has been actually transformed into fabric form. What's going on, Eric Holmes, in your neck of the cinematics world? Well, as you all know, uh, we are in the middle of banger season. And what better way to celebrate than with a tank top or regular t-shirt uh, that you can get at finderfilmpodcast.com. We got its banger season t-shirts that I'm sure everyone cannot wait to get their hands on. Also, uh, uh, I had a, uh, I found a thing on there. They had a pet t-shirt. So I said, filmmaking rule number one, the dog lives. Cause it seemed like a cute idea for a little dog walking around with that. I, I updated the, like, I didn't like the old design on that. So I updated that and it looks a lot better now. And I'm also kind of going through and kind of, uh, you know, condensing the products that we have on there. Um, okay. Not that not that they're they're flying off the shelf, but uh, yeah, we got. You're uh, gonna leave the shower curtains in the horse drawn car. <laughs> shower, there, shower curtains are going nowhere. But actually, they got a paddle ball kit, so I might do a cinematic <laughs> paddle ball kit. <laughs> That's and well, and and I'm sure we'll sell upwards of none of them, but. It'll be up on the store for sure. Yeah. What's the plan for paddle balls? I'm, I'm oh, kind of yeah. I'm kind of spring cleaning on the <laughs> on the merch store to just to kind of like you know kind of minimize what we have on there, kind of uh, right. you know condense everything down to Funk make room it. for the to make room for the paddle ball. <laughs> oh, okay. No more these you between you and Bruce. These visuals are haunting my very soul. Battle ball kits, uh, unbelievable. Speaking of haunting our souls, just from our betters, all three of our betters, you can actually check out the people who listen to cinematics, who contribute, who give us movie recommendations via our, via our cinematics YouTube channel. Check out our cinematics YouTube channel. I have, I'll have the links below on our show notes. Also, our wonderful cinematics Facebook group. Bruce Perky, my my uh. Assertion is our members are possibly actually 
they are smarter than us. Is am I? Uh, is that a bridge too far, or is that, am I accurate on that? <laughs> a bridges, a, a Joseph bridges too far? No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph bridges being one of our members. We have so, a lot of great members on our Facebook group. Join for daily movie recommendations and insights. Insights that me, you know, I don't know about me and Eric. I need the insights. I'm, I'm sorry for for lumping you in with me, Eric, because I, I'm a, I'm a miscreant. And, and, and oh, thank you. And, but you're gonna get some great insights from Bruce Perky, Matt Stillman, Joseph Bridges, Chad Wilfong, some really wonderful, wonderful people on our Cinematics Facebook group. Which leads me to a couple of, a little bit of uh, recommendations for uh, this week. First off, Eric Holmes, the aforementioned Joseph Bridges said. He recommended a movie called Christmas in the Gift of Light. That is an animated film. Did you see that Joseph Bridges post on on Cinematics today, or did I, you not get to it? I saw the post, so I didn't get through all of the of the the animated short. But I got through some of it. I'm actually really interested in watching the rest of this because I think that this might be. Do you ever get like uh, movies or cartoons or stuff you see like as a kid, and it's kind of like right in the back of your brain, mm-hmm. but you can't. You don't know what it is. You just kind of have flashes of what it is, but it's kind of, it's almost a nothing movie because you can't really, you don't remember enough of it to be able to describe it to see what it actually is. But it left an imprint on you. I think, and I'll I'll watch the rest of it. I think this might be um, a cartoon I saw as a kid that has been in like the back of my mind of just like, kind of a faded memory that I've been trying to pull since like, you know, decades at this point. I don't know for sure that that's the case, but I like I watching like uh, two minutes of it. I was like, I think, I think this is, I think this might be the one. So we'll see, but I'm, I'm actually really excited to see this. So you use so. Joseph Bridges, YouTube link to watch it a little bit, right? You're watching through that link. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's interesting, uh, you don't know this Bruce, but what's interesting about that YouTube link is when you look at the comments, some uh, woman said, Oh, by the way, I wrote that. And she talks about the whole distribution history of where it went to Canada. It was sold here. So she doesn't mind if someone actually pulled that video and uploaded it onto YouTube because it's been since 1991, Christmas in the Gift of Light. It's actually named another movie. I, I didn't. It's also known as something else. But when you type in Christmas in the Gift of Light, it will give you the name of another movie. But anyways, so, so that's interesting. Check out the comments. Yes, Eric Holmes. Just to give a quick example of what I'm talking about, of like forgotten movies. Um, there's this one movie that I saw and I, I couldn't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but the only thing I remembered of it was that, uh, some kid put food on their head and then their hair would just grow uncontrollably. And then I came across the peanut butters. I think it was called the peanut butter solution. Mm-hmm. And then that, mm-hmm. that was, that was it. So for like decades and years and years, like I, I was like, what was that movie I saw as a kid? And then it just popped like peanut butter solution popped up. I clicked on it. like, oh, that's it. That's the, that's the one I was thinking of. I like to troll pretty much a lot. I troll and I kid a lot and I'm very facetious, but I'll be honest with you on that. No trolling. That would annoy me for decades on end. If you're thinking of a movie and you can't get yeah. an answer that was, was that, that a f- Frustrating for you, I guess. There's another one I remember seeing. And uh, all I remember is kind of like a greenish blue color, although that could have been the TV at the time. And some, uh, like, I I don't know if it's a woman, like a witch or something, but like real hairy. And then uh, when I saw the howling, there's a a scene towards the end of the howling that kind of matches what I was thinking. It was like, it couldn't have been the howling. I would have remembered that, but it was like something kind of similar. So 
that that's another one. I think it might be the Howling, but I think it might be something else. I'm not sure. Okay, very cool. But very cool. Yeah, that, 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 this this Christmas in the gift of light is kind of one of those that the little bit I saw triggered something like I think I seen this, and I think I'm going to come across a scene going, "Ooh, that's the one. That's the one I was thinking of." On our cinematics YouTube comments, there is someone from As Bad Fish. As Bad Fish. Oh, he said, "I'm with you, Eric. I dug this a lot." He's talking about the last voyage of the Demeter. I, I posted yeah. your review up, so I got some nice views on the channel. And he said, he or she said, haven't seen Cobweb yet. It never came to my small town. So, I, Bruce and Eric, is that a tragedy? Uh, it's a little tragedy that Cobweb is not playing at your local theater. Can I, you guys, ch- yeah, I think I know him. I think that's okay. Marlon from one of my writers' groups. Oh, very cool. Say hi to Marlon. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's nice. an awesome writer, too. So I, I'm, okay. I'm glad he's watching or listening. Well, I didn't well, Bruce, think they were. Bruce, should we actually uh, should, should we actually guide Marlon to the screenplay for Cobweb? Would that be a way to enhance his writing skills? Good luck, Marlon. You can find about 30 other movies right now, probably streaming, that are almost the same as Cobweb and better. <laughs> Bruce Perky strikes again. Final comment from our pa- fellow, our wonderful Patreon member, Mark Crimmins. He says, tells me, It Follows is well worth your time. It Follows, starring Maika Monroe. Erica Bruce, chime in on this. I have not seen that. I've not seen Under the Silver Lake, or I think that's the name of the movie. Bruce, am I, am I missing out on a lot by not watching It Follows? It Follows is cool. It's a cool, creepy little, it's one of the... I kind of think of it as like one of the harbingers of kind of the quote elevated horror wave of the last what seven years now eight years yeah that one and the the witch and all those yeah it's pretty cool it's a good movie okay so, I, yeah. I have a story about it follows okay you know what you know what Bruce Bruce and I, I we, already had, everything. we already talked about us being personal we just go we're we're procedural we go right to the the dead bodies and we, we uh, talk about we're gonna me and Bruce we're gonna allow you this. Uh, Bruce, can do you have the stopwatch? Twenty seconds. How long does he have? <laughs> Twenty. You said it. Twenty seconds. Go. No, no. Go ahead, Eric. Go. All right. So my uh, my friend, uh, she comes up to me and is like, "Hey, you 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 can write screenplays, right?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm all right." And then she's like, "I got an idea for a movie: sexually transmitted ghosts." I'm like, "Okay, all right." So then I started writing this, just taking that idea and writing a screenplay for a sexually transmitted ghost. And then it follows comes out, and I was like, "I wouldn't watch it." Follows. I was like, hey, uh, hey, did you see that movie It Follows yet? And they're like, no, no, it, it looks good. I'm like, go watch it tonight. <laughs> she texts me a letter, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good, Eric Hobbs. Bruce, can you talk to Eric after we record that we're no more personal stuff with the sharing? Because we're, we're not good. At, are we, right, Bruce? You agree? Are you on board with no sharing of our lives? Huh? He can't tell me that. He's not allowed to tell me that I can't. You notice what I'm saying? I can't tell. It's, it's a conundrum. How do I do this? <laughs> very, very good. So speaking of, I don't, you know, look, we're going to get to our features right now. Let's start off with this movie that comes out in theaters on Friday. It's one of these things that I'm not a history expert. So it was value added to me. The movie is called Golda. Yes, it is based on not the life of Golda Meir, but a special very important integral part of her career. Here, here is the plot synopsis. It is Golda is a ticking talk, ticking clock thriller set during the tense 19 days of the Yom Kippur War in 1973. And Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir, played by Helen Mirren, she is faced with Israel's potential complete destruction at the hands of their quote unquote antagonist, their 
enemies being what Egypt, Syria. Is that Bruce? Am I right? Egypt, Syria, Egypt. I'm, I'm yeah, wrong on this. Well, everyone that's against the Israeli state, but yeah, Egypt, I think specifically. But I'm I'm not a historian on that either, honestly. Okay, yeah, but anyway, so we don't really. It doesn't really show us the conflicts. It shows us the political machinations within uh, Golda Meir's cabinet, the war, the quote unquote war room. So a lot of it is actually staged within. It feels like actually a play because a lot of it is about them, their decision making. And Golda Meir is just uh, her, just the pressure that she's under during this really tense Yom Kippur war, again, 19 days. And she's also suffering from cancer. So it's just a double edged sword where no matter what she's doing, she's in a very high-pressured situation. They have Schreiber co-stars as the U.S. Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger. So he has a couple of really memorable moments in Golda. It's directed by Guy Nativ, and he is a filmmaker that I think, if I recall, Bruce Perky also liked Skin. He directed this movie mm-hmm. called Skin. Very interesting. Really introduced a new voice, at least to me, in cinema. And what's interesting was I told Eric before he ended up watching Golda anyway, I said, if you watch Golda, it's not going to give you any kind of really deeper insight onto the man who made Skin because it really feels like two different movies. I, I think that's a credit to Guy Nativ because he's the actual screenplay feels like a play, but he tries to make it visually visually enhance the movie. There is a dream sequence in the film, which is really well done. So there's a lot of very visual, interesting visual compositions in Golda. Is this movie running at 100 minutes? Is it a slog or is it an interesting piece of history told via the cinematic lens? Let us start with Bruce Perky. What did you think of this film? Um, For me, it wasn't too interesting. Uh, There's a few things that problems I had with the movie. First of all, if... Well, <laughs> you know how Anderson uh, really gets annoyed by uh, period movies when there should be people smoking and they're not smoking? Well, I think this movie will like make up for all of those movies because this movie is pretty much Helen Mirren playing Golda Meir smoking. That's probably a good 60% of this movie, and they definitely accentuate it quite a bit. Um, and then I, I know you talk about the uh, artistic flourishes that the director brings to this movie, and they feel like... So sometimes artistic flourishes to a stage bound. I don't know if this is stage bound or this is a play at all. But when you have things that were plays, you what you say was it was it? It feels saying, like it. It feels yeah, like it, it does. Bruce. Yeah. But I'm saying like when you see adap- adaptations of things like that, and you see directors uh, or writers trying to enliven it, you know, to make it more cinematic. This definitely feels like attempts to do that. But for me, I was still pretty bogged down. And, and for me, what bogged it down was just the, it had kind of a repetitive nature to it. So it kind of was this thing where it would be like, you know, uh, there is a threat of some aspect of this war and all of the advisors come and talk to Golda and Golda talks to the advisors and they look at a map and she smokes a bunch and then she makes a decision. And then they will all stand around a radio and listen to the effects of that that probably weren't good. And then uh, this is where I, I had a hard, I really fell out of the movie. <laughs> so you're, because they're not going to show you the action. This isn't a movie where you're going to go into the war battlefield. They're not going to, it's not that kind of movie. So they're trying to give us that emotional impact by having us see it from her point of view, where she's just stuck in this war room, listening to the battle through the conversations on the radios from the people on the ground. But the problem I had with it 
I used to call the Super Friends syndrome. Way back in the day, there was this cartoon called the Super Friends. <laughs> and in the Super Friends, what would happen is instead of just exposition, the characters would literally tell you what's going on because it was designed for like four-year-olds and five-year-olds. So it would be like Superman would say like, I am flying up now to get the bad guy that is up near the planet. And then I was thinking of that when you heard this, heard this, because all of this, this uh, battlefield chatter that we're supposed to be hearing through the radios is very eloquent and very concise. And it's stuff like, oh, no, we are being attacked. We are being overrun. Oh, no, no, we're about to die. It's like when you're a little kid and you're playing that. And I also kept thinking of, <laughs> I kept thinking of Will Ferrell from the first Austin Powers movie where he falls down the pit. He's like, I'm burned. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. And they're like, wait, wait. And then you hear the gunshot and he's like, oh, I've been shot now and now I'm on fire. And it's just, I couldn't take it seriously. Uh, anyway, that's the pattern. It's uh, her smoking advisors. Something happens. You hear it on the radio. Results lead to same mix and repeat. There you go. Okay. I think I liked it a little bit more than you, Bruce. I don't know. We'll see if you actually wait before we get to Eric. Were there any redeeming factors to Golda? performance maybe uh, helen mirren uh, i mean yeah I mean, she's she's a great actor we all know that um she has lots of makeup on to make her look like golda meyer but i didn't really feel like i knew who golda meyer was i mean it was just kind of like she is in a tough situation and she's making decisions mm. and she's should. kind of sad because people are dying because of decisions she made but I, mm. I really didn't feel like I knew the person. Bruce, I'm wearing makeup right now. Do I still look like a 50 year old man who's losing his hair? Do I? Do I? Uh, <laughs> when you're, you, know, okay. you, you can't talk to me about that. That's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eric Holmes, fair, unfair. Golda, you really liked Guy Nativ's short skin. You did that for extra research before you saw Golda. What did you think of this movie? Yeah, well, the short, uh, the short film called skin was really good i'm gonna have to watch the full I, I don't think i saw the whole one but maybe i did i got old man brain so but uh i agree with bruce i got um i got lung cancer watching this movie <laughs> she smokes a lot like like even like taking off her like in the like i know they used to smoke in hospitals back in the day and all that but like it, it almost kind of like what bruce said it it's almost distracting how how committed she is to smoking whenever possible <laughs> um holding a baby now i gotta smoke and blow it in the you know that, that, that scene didn't <laughs> that wasn't in there but it may as well have been <laughs> as well have been wow eric oh wait wait you're pregnant let me blow the smoke up in there make sure we get it everywhere um <laughs> <laughs> it's a family show. It's about a family. Um, I think uh, the, the makeup on Helen Mirren was really good. It feels like a, the performance feels like an Oscar baby kind of thing. Like, hey, look at me. I look like the person. But like um, also kind of what Bruce was saying, I'm not getting much from her character because she's making these decisions and then people are dying. And then she's being sad about it. And then she makes another decision to make more people die. So she can be <laughs> sad about that too. And then after that happens and Hey, Goldie, you got to make another decision. Well, uh, people have died and let me be sad about it again. It's like, yeah, let's, let, let's get a, I, I, I feel like. What if, what if this move, the move, okay. Devil's advocate. What if ahead. the movie is more about the Yom Kippur war and, and that actual ordeal we're, we're in, by by doing that, the characterizations of the leads 
does can still not be very deeply etched. That's it's that, called that's, Golda. I, 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 <laughs> I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm asking Eric, not you, Bruce. Stop it! You're hurting me. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm I guess where I'm kind of having to disconnect is because I'm not familiar with Golda. I'm not familiar with yeah. this kind of history. I know who Harry uh, Henry Kissinger is. That's about it. Um, but she keeps doing the same thing and then okay. feeling bad about it. Like, like Greg, I can punch you in the face and then I feel bad about it. Cause Greg, I shouldn't have punched you in the face and then I'm going to feel bad about it. But then eventually you'll forgive me, Eric, you didn't mean to, it, it's fine. It's fine. And then I punch you in the face again and then I feel bad about it. Um, and then, and then you're yeah. like, ah, oh, oh, God. Okay, but can you please stop doing it? And then I punch you in the face again. And then eventually it's like, dude, just I I'm not I'm not buying this anymore. Like okay, so I, I I so there may oh, be you. there may be a reason she keeps doing this and putting people in danger and basically going to war and murdering people, but I didn't get and I'm sure with you know with with her, her person in real life going to the war, maybe that's something they had to do, but I wasn't locked into that. Like that didn't come through in the movie for me. It just okay. seemed like someone kept making the same mistake over and over again and feeling bad about it. And after a while, I'm like, then don't do the thing. <laughs> if you feel bad about it, stop doing the thing you're doing. We also right. have to mention the movie's a bit of a flashback because she's actually, I forgot the name of the commission. She, the movie starts with her actually answering questions on the commission regarding her efficacy as a leader in the Yom Kippur War, the 19 day Yom Kippur War. That is Golda. I really enjoyed the performance of Helen Marion, and I think to Eric's point, I do agree it's Oscar Beatty, but I still think she was effective in the film. I'm, my rating for it is it's solid right down the middle, three and a half out of five. I was invested in the Yom Kippur War. I liked her performance, so it's a solid film for me. But look, I think I'm in the minority this week on on Golda. Let's, start. Bruce, what is your rating on Golda? Um, I'll give it two. Two stars from Bruce Berkey and you, Eric Holmes. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll probably go three because I, I didn't hate watching it, but the the main problem is I think they should have. Uh, so you're maybe, mildly recommending it, my, a mild recommendation because it, it's not it's not a bad movie. It's just I think it's kind of uh, I, I I don't know maybe for someone that's familiar with the story they'll watch it and get more out of it than I did. But me being someone that's not familiar with it, I need more context and I need you to kind of hold my hand and walk me through why I should care why Golda feels bad about doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Hmm. And okay. and probably pump the brakes on the smoking. Not that I have a problem with it, but it's <laughs> okay. incredibly okay. distracting how, how committed is she is to smoking everywhere. <laughs> Okay, Eric Holmes, that's a really nice three-star rating you get, you're giving uh, Golda for a mild recommendation. I'm giving it three and a half stars. Bruce Perky is giving it two stars. Again, Golda will be in select theaters Friday, August 25th. A movie that really won't be in select theaters August 25th is a movie called Our Father the Devil. It's only going to be playing in one theater this Friday at New York City's The Quad Cinema the following week. Is September 1st. It's going to be playing in Los Angeles at the Lamley Royal. The reason why I say this is I think Our Father the Devil should be playing in way more theaters. It is, I'm looking at the plot synopsis, basically an elegant, quote, moral thriller and debut feature. And it's really, it's a, a, how can I start even uh, describing this movie? Very intense film. 
It stars actress Bebetita Sajo, and she plays Marie. She is the head chef of a retirement home situated in a small town of France. And as a head chef, she has, she actually, uh, she's pretty much the boss of her whole kitchen area and she feeds the community and she actually has a friend within the retirement home and her friend actually lets her have her uh, cabin home out in the middle of nowhere. So that, that start, that's not a spoiler. That's sort of the premise of the film. The thing is, everything seems hunky-dory with the lead actress, the lead character, Marie. But one day, a father, a priest walks in. Okay, that's why it's called Our Father, the Devil. And she believes this priest, this African priest, is actually a person who, I, I don't know, who terrorized her and her family and terrorized and killed people way back in her past. A big part, The biggest theme of this movie is about how one, can you move on with the darkness of your past or will that past continue to haunt you and stay by your side? It is a very stirring, stunning, and uncompromising feature from, again, a novice, a first-time filmmaker. I'm trying to pronounce the name. Ellie, Ellie Fumbi? But Fumbi. again, yes, Fumbi Eric sounds about right. Fumbi. I don't know if that's right, yeah. but it sounds right. Yeah, Ellie Fumbi, F-O-U-M-B-I. That is Our Father, the Devil. It says here... 2023, 107 minutes from France. But when you go on IMDb, it was released in 2021. So I guess I'm just going to go with the 2023 right now. If it actually qualified for Oscars, I don't think it does this year. Babe Tita Sajo as Marie is one of the best performances I've seen this year. And also got to give some props to the person playing the priest. Cannot pronounce his name. Sol- Soleimane C. Savan or Savane. And he is a uh, spirit award nominee. Anyways, plays Father Patrick. Eric Holmes, your thoughts on Our Father, the Devil. Did you love it as much as me? Yes, probably more <laughs> because I saw your rating. I, I did say we're in banger season. I, th- I think this is one. The, this is kind of uh, it, it's weird because like you kind of you kind of gave like the the plot synopsis, but I like how the this movie unfolds with kind of the mystery of what the father is or the uh, Father Patrick is because uh, they start off like, oh, I'm not the person, but then. Oh shoot! No, I can't talk about that. But that part's really good. The, the 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 ending the ending of this movie just crushed me, and especially uh, uh, Bebetita's uh, performance yes. when yeah you know what I'm I'm just gonna stop talking about that. But that part was really damn good. All, Go all the oh right uh, has nothing to do with anything, but all the foodie stuff. I I really uh, appreciated that as well. Sure. Yeah, but the, this was kind of uh, oh man, my brain's not with me. Okay, I, just, just kind of just kind of like how how it's sort of piecing together slowly of who this person is, and then kind of uh, yeah, I, I, I lost the plot. You lost the plot. <laughs> pick it up, Bruce. Pick the, it up. Pick the, up the plot, Bruce. <laughs> pick up the plot. So yeah, I I am probably the the lowest on this movie for the three of us, but Get I out. did like it. I did like it a fair amount. Um. My complaint to this is the stuff, let's just say the stuff in the cabin is so strong. This is one movie where I wanted less, uh, less breadth. I needed just the bare minimum of the setup to get to meet for her to get to see him. I understand why all of the side plots are in there, why her possible dating and, and kind of how it's affected her life. I understand all the things about it. I understand why you want to see like how her life in the real world now has been affected by what happened to her then. But honestly, all I wanted to do was I wanted her to discover who she thinks he is. 
I wanted him to go to the cabin and I wanted the whole movie to be in the cabin. And that is it. Because if it had been, I think this would be a five-star banger for me. But as it is, it sings in those scenes and it kind of sinks a little bit in the other scenes for me. Aren't they so good though, those leads? Aren't they so good? Yes. Oh no. Fantastic. So to me, every time it wasn't those two together... And just going toe to toe with each other. This is like, you know, I said, like, this is something to me, it wasn't written as a play. I don't think at all. I think this was written as a screenplay. Honestly, write it as a play and film it in that cabin for 90% of this movie. And I'm down. The only other complaint I had, and this is just a taste complaint. There are things that she does as a result of what he has done that I wanted to see. I don't always oh, want to yeah. see those things, but I wanted to see it because I think it's important to see it, to understand where her character is going. Because this, the, the, the strength of this movie is her, it's two things. It's her path in this movie, her emotional path, but also the revealing of both his and her histories through their interaction. You find out about both their histories in a way you did not know at the beginning of the movie. So that's why I'm saying all that other stuff is kind of window dressing to me and I didn't need it. I could, you could have made this a, honestly, I could have been a 90 minute movie in that cabin and I would have been fine with that. I'll throw out a couple for me, a couple movies that kind of think hit similar territory in different ways that are great kind of companion pieces. One can is I, death in the death in the maiden. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, can I guess? Uh, and I was going to say that. Yeah. The other one is His House, which came out a couple of years ago which and is on Netflix now. And His House plays like it's going to be a ghost story, but it's kind of somewhat in the territory of this too. And it, it has, I think, a bigger emotional impact than this movie does because of the, the gut punch it has. This one is a bigger um, uh, emotional journey for, I think, the character in some ways. Um, so I like this movie. I just wish I could have loved it as a movie. I guess that's my problem. So you see my point. Um, I, yeah. I love the characters. I love the story. I don't love quite a hundred percent the way the story is told. Bruce, very quickly, his house has been out for about a couple of years, maybe two, three years. Yes. Do you still think that's a gem that continues to be underrated, even though it's streaming on Netflix as we speak? Yes. And it's probably because it's streaming on Netflix. People see it. First of all, they don't know what it is. They read the synopsis. They think, oh, this is some cheap Netflix ghost story i guess and they really just don't get it because like any great ghost story especially modern ghost story it's not the ghost part that matters it's why these characters are being haunted and what's haunting them and what that means and it is much more akin to this movie than like a haunted you know like a haunted house movie it's more like this movie and i think if people see it with that light it it's quite something is his house, uh, again, his house, is that almost a five-star film for you or four and a half? Yeah, I think what I rated it four and a half or four and a half, I think, is what I rated it. I'd have to go okay. back and check. It's been like maybe three years now. So, so well, ratings change, right? Memories yeah. change, right? Uh, I'm sorry, Eric, go ahead. Oh, so you might have to cut some of this out. So just know that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But uh, a lot of... Uh, Bruce, a lot of the problems you had with uh, the stuff that wasn't in the, wasn't in the cabin, I think... That ending, I, 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 I okay. I, I, I'm gonna say, I said, like I'm I said, gonna, I'm gonna a, say a, this. 
I'm going to say it's, a, it's, a, taste, it out, it it's a taste thing, though. For it's me. A it's ta- just yeah, a taste it's thing. A taste thing. I, can, I totally understand why you're not showing the things that are happening, but I kind of felt like I wanted no, 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 no. to, had to I, see I, the I, things. So I'm talking about her and her relationship, like her right. relationship with her sister, with the people she caretakes for. Oh, her friend. Mm-hmm. I, is that mm-hmm. her sister or that's I, her, I friend. Think with, her friend? I think with Father Patrick, we have a shorthand. Um, I don't have the shorthand, but I know a lot of people do. Oh, you're a man of God, therefore... We automatically think that you're a pious and good person. Oh no, you're you're. I'm already saying too much. <laughs> Say too much. Right. But uh, we we have to know about uh, Mary before that final scene when we find. If that's too much, cut it out. I, I think I've said no, too no, much. no. You haven't said but, too but, much. But, no, but I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Maybe so. Maybe in my in my world, it would be about a like the opening would be the same. Basically, the same opening. But then once she discovers him and yeah. she does what she does, then I would never have gone back. I would never, I would have stayed with them. It would have become this a focused crucible. Yeah. I, I, I guess I get that. I, I just think that where uh, Mary ends up, I think that, and I'm the one saying this, so that doesn't make sense, but we need to see her in her day-to-day life, how she affects okay, other fair. people. We, we need to come to love her. Oh, I agree. Oh, okay, for, I got it. For, for that ending it. to really okay. hit the way it does, all at right. least the way it fair. did for me. Th- that you didn't say too much. That's that's fair. Straight okay. poker face, straight. I and I get both sides. And actually, in, now that you said it, Bruce, I, I think your version, the ninety minute as opposed to the, with a hundred seven minute version, is tighter. But I think both versions work for me. It's kind of like sorcerer and the witches of fear. <laughs> Love them both. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, you can you can compare them. But I, I guess um, for me, they both work. Eric, before we go to get to our ratings, what did you love the most about Our Father the Devil as far as qualities of this film? I love how, uh, well, uh, of course, you know, my uh, thoughts on the church are pretty well known if you listen to our show. Um, but I love how they play with that whole idea. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're like, oh, you're a man of God. Therefore, it's like, that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> you're a human and you're going to, you know, you're either going to be a good person or you're going to do horrible things. And uh, I, I love how they play with that. And just kind of, uh, I'm going to stop talking about that part. Cause I almost, <laughs> I really want to talk spoilers on uh, the stuff. I love most about this is in relationship to where it ends, because I think, yeah. and, and this kind of reminds me of uh, the Greg, we talked about the, the shield on the, on the messenger thing. Yeah. One of the things I love about the shield is that everything that happens in the final episode is a direct result of everything that yeah. started in the first episode. And I think this movie totally comes, it, it just brings everything together in a really, really great way that I can't talk about because then I have to spoil things. <laughs> I think I already so, spoiled too much as it is. Our Father, the Devil, it's playing on Friday, August 25th at New York, New York City's Quad Cinema. Bruce Perky, your rating. So my rating is still pretty high. Uh, I just, in relationship to you guys, it's a little lower. I'm still four stars because I think the strong in this is so strong. I just wanted it to be a five-star movie and I just didn't quite get there for me. But I think what it does offer is, yeah, what it offers is so fantastic and the performances are so fantastic that I think people would be remiss to, to not see this movie. And I think a lot of people will be hit harder than me because it'll, play perfectly for them. And like you guys are a great example. So yes, watch and it. 
Yes, unfortunately, there. I hope people heed what you just said. Watch it because we need as many people as possible, cinephiles as possible, to watch our father, the devil. Uh, of course, Eric Holmes. Why don't you say what what rating did Greg Srisavasti give it? I speak to myself in my third. Uh, this person. was evil. Greg gave it four and a half stars. How dare you? How dare you? Yes. Oh no, no, that's good because uh, like good Greg would have gave this like twenty eight stars. So. Evil Greg giving it four and a half is like a 28 star movie, I think. Very good. Yes, four and a half for me. Eric Holmes, finally, you're rated I, on our I'm a five star on this. And I'm like, whether it's whether it's uh, screenplay, direction, acting, like the, this is a movie like where uh, uh, Golda had kind of Oscar Beatty vibes to it. This is the kind of movie that should probably actually be nominated for kind of Oscar type stuff. Yes. I don't think it will, but God, I hope it does. Cause the, the, this movie's, the, there's so much strong in this movie and especially the performances and, uh, Ellie Fumbi. The director. Yeah. Uh, we got to see more from her. Yeah. We, Great. Uh, they, I, I think Ellie Fumbi might be on Maddie Doe level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally agree. So definitely. I guess maybe our topic of the week is, yeah, our topic of the week is our father's the devil. I'm so glad that everyone, all of us loved it. Now, I'm going to let Bruce and Eric take a little bit of a siesta. You guys can take a bathroom break, maybe drink some water, or in your case, uh, Eric, lemonade or iced tea, whatever you're drinking. Uh, apple juice. Apple juice. Apple juice. <laughs> apple juice, because we are now the at a, apple juice. We are not, not, this is not the Patreon intervention. This is the, our, you know, once this in a while, our Liam Neeson segment. The Liam Neeson segment is a movie. It's it, this Liam, seg, Liam Neeson segment is brought, brought to you by the new film retribution and bruce perky first of all before i start uh, you i want to get your two cents you are not a liam neeson i'll watch anything he's in fan is that is that correct absolutely <laughs> uh, absolutely not. i feel like you, you just see you just see uh former really big name actors like heads on, <laughs> on posters and you just have to watch is it like a pavlov dog thing for you and a few guns thrown in there and just explosions in the background yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel. But so yeah. you you said you you would probably not see this, no. or you would not see. For you me, it would have to be like a monster or something else, like horror that's equally as cheesy. But I would go for it, like catnip. This this is not my catnip. Okay, fair. What about you, Eric Holmes? I think you're you're, you're uh, turning off your mic. Are you turning off? Your, but anyways, Eric, are you a <laughs> are you a Liam Neeson person? Catnip, where we see a Liam Neeson movie and you say yes, whether he's on a boat or a car, commuter train, he's a he's, he's searching for terrorists, whatever. You'll you'll watch it. Um, not for Liam Neeson specifically, but um, like if Liam Neeson is in a movie that has a certain kind of uh, uh skills? concept or setup okay. or whatever, okay, they'd be like. That could be a good Liam Neeson movie. I'd be down for that. And this okay. one sounded like this one sounded like it'd be one that um, the concept seemed good enough, and it seemed like a good one for Liam Neeson to be in. So I was actually kind of excited for this one. Okay, Eric Holmes has a, a I believe he has a refreshed screener link. He will report next week on Cinematics on his thoughts on Retribution. But very quickly, Liam Neeson plays an, a bank executive in Retribution, and you're thinking hey, when it starts off, he is. Being pretty, he doesn't. He ignores his wife in the morning. He ignores his children. He has to bring his children to the school. He and his wife have an argument. His wife is played by Ambeth Davids. Ambeth Davids played the mother in the original film, Bruce Perky, Matilda. And she was really wonderful in Matilda. I remember interviewing her for Matilda almost 30 years ago, maybe more than 30 years ago. Well, now, present day, she plays Liam Neeson's wife in Retribution. 
Here's the catch. This bank executive, he begrudgingly takes the kids in the car and to school. And while he's taking them to, to school in his car, he gets a phone call, random phone call from a random phone. And someone says, if you get out of the car, the car will go boom. It will explode. And the rest of the 90-minute movie has Liam Neeson mainly driving around town, this area called Berlin. He, it's a Berlin set action thriller. And yeah. What, does, he got the, does he have the kids in the car with him? And he has his kids. He has his son and daughter in the, in the backseat. And it's quick, just... Quick, quick question. Yeah. In the in the first two minutes of the kids go, I got to get out and go pee. It's like, God damn it, kids. The car will blow up. Nothing like that. But it does, no, nothing like that. But it has that Liam Neeson voice. Like, get in the car. Don't get out of the car. You don't listen to me. It has that Liam Neeson voice in it. It's directed by Nimrod Antel, I believe. Antel. And I, Eric and I were actually messaging each other. I I feel like Eric has loved some of Nimrod's previous movies. Like, I think Armored. He did a couple of Metallica films. I forgot which one that you specifically like. But yeah, the, uh, Armored was good. Uh, was it Vacancy? And, Vacancy, uh, right. That's pre- it. Uh, Predators. Predators, yeah. Predators has one of the best openings ever. Just dude, <laughs> dude wakes up and he's falling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically from these movies, you can tell that Nimrod Antel knows how to shoot a movie. And this is the great thing about Retribution. Going back to Bruce's thing about what, what kind of Liam Neeson movies he'll watch. This is worth watching just as a Nimrod Antel film, however you pronounce the last name. Skillfully shot. It's only 90 minutes. Good enough action and tension. Big strike, though, however, is it's predictable. You see everything coming a mile away. And usually that's not a big thing in certain movies. It was a big thing for me in this movie. So my rating for Retribution is, if you like Liam Neeson, which I do, I am biasedly for watching any Liam Neeson movie that I can get my hands on. I will watch it just for that on that base level. Good performances by Liam Neeson. I like the tension. I like the filmmaking, but written by Christopher Salmon Poor. And let me tell you something, that obviousness of retribution is a big strike against it. All that said, this is a mild recommendation for me. Retribution hits theaters August 25th. My rating is three stars. Yeah, I, I wanted a little bit more. Oh, it also co-stars Matthew Modine from a full one well, from Full Metal Jacket. Matthew Modine and Stranger Things. We'll see what Eric Holmes says next week on Retribution. Yes, Eric, this uh, this stinks a three star banger. Like everything you're saying about it, going yeah, that sounds awesome, predictable, sweet, expected that. <laughs> well, to clarify, there's a difference between three stars and three star banger. My three yeah. star is a mild recommendation, and hopefully, it will be a three star banger from Eric Holmes. Three star banger, of course, means like Bruce and Eric they coined that term, a genre piece that goes above and beyond the proverbial call of duty. Now, do we have any other movies from our top three? The Retribution. Oh, there's a movie called The Dive. Eric, you want to handle the plots and up? I, I've been. Uh, my, my voice is, I, I'm losing my voice. I have strep throat. I can't talk anymore. You want to talk about the dive? You want to tell us, tell our listeners what it's about? I can't yes. talk. Uh, so uh, it's a two-hander. Um, you got May. Family show. Sorry. Family show, Bruce? Bruce is just out of the picture. He doesn't want to say anything because he, he knows how horrible my, my comedy is. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Eric. Go ahead. So you got uh, May and Drew and Basically, they're going uh, diving, deep sea, or not deep sea diving, but just kind of, you know, diving. And they're in a part with, like, falling rocks. So as they're down, uh, let's see, 
May is the one that gets uh, trapped under a rock, underwater, and there's only so much oxygen. So Drew's got to go find help or, you know, MacGyver some stuff to help him. Kind of a lot similar to fall, but, you know, going the other way, not up, but down. Um, uh, there's, uh, it's also got kind of, uh, 127 hours underwater, but I think where this one kind of, uh, this one kind of goes above and beyond these kind of movies. One, it gets to the point very quickly. Uh, two, there's, um, there's some personal stuff with the characters, uh, especially May's character who throughout the movie, she like has these flashbacks of things that happen. And a lot of the flashbacks aren't things that actually happen. It's her interpretation of how it happened, which I think is a really good uh, way to kind of show sort of how depression works. Because like you start, you start looking back and, Oh, I did that thing. Oh, they, they hate me. I, I was such a, I was such a piece of crap back then. But th- what actually happened is you said something and now you're just getting in your head and your brain's playing tricks on you. So that that part was really cool. The uh the the suspense and the urgency really worked with what uh Drew's character had to do to, you know, go up, you know. Um she she was making a bunch of mistakes, but there were mistakes that you would make if you're panicking in a way that she does, in a realistic way that she does. This is a kind of movie that's there's a version of this that's really kind of two-star movie and kind of stupid where characters make stupid decisions just to further the plot along. I think the, the stupid decisions are not really stupid decisions. They're things that they overlook or didn't think about or messed up because they're in a situation, they're in a panic situation. So even though like characters are doing or make mistakes, it doesn't seem like a plot contrivance when they do it. And then all the, all the personal family stuff really worked for me in this in ways that movies like this, typically don't like uh the shallows i love the shallows like the middle part of the shallows but the beginning part didn't care the end part didn't care just keep the bit with blake lively in a shark that's all i want to see like typically with this it's like there's a version of this movie where they spend 20 minutes talking about stuff i don't care about and then they end the movie and uh talk about stuff i don't care about and I think the best part about this movie is I have, I had no clue whether May was going to make it out alive or not. And I won't tell you whether she makes it out alive or not, because this is that kind of movie. This is the kind of movie who, who knows you have to watch them. You have to watch them figure it out because characters might not live through this. Right. So maybe they do. Maybe not. I don't know. Right. So May is played by Louisa Cross. She's very good. And they're both very good. And Drew is played by Sophie Lowe. I've always been impressed by both those actors they've had some really great performances in the past so i was that's why i actually wanted to see the dive because of louisa kraus and sophie Lowe. not because i knew anything about maximilian erlenwein the director or the dive i mean bruce and i several weeks ago we did this movie called the deepest breath on netflix i loved it and even though it was underwater i was thinking let's just eric man this review and let's uh, let him take this review this looks like a b through b, b b movie thing and i'll focus on other things i ended up really liking it and that's why I actually kind of threw an audible, called an audible, and I told Bruce, you know what, this might have some value for you, Bruce. This might not waste your time. So, and I was trying to go tread carefully because I don't want to waste your time, Bruce. Was I wrong on the play to suggest that you see the dive? Uh, no, you were not wrong. This is, this is a good movie. Um, 
a couple of things I wanted to mention. I think Eric's right on point on like getting to the, like how it gets to the meat of the suspense right out of the gate. One of the things I wanted to mention about this is it really understands suspense. And that's something that's very rare to see a true suspense um, movie where the the stakes are set up very clearly and then the tension is based on the stakes. What I think this has go, going over the fall. Is it the fall? I'm yeah. Remember the name of that? Okay. That's yeah. right. The, the fall is, okay, right. Or fall. Two, is it fall or the fall? Fall, 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 yeah. fall yeah. Two women stuck up really high. They can't get off. Uh, what are they oh. going to do? If they stay up there long enough, they're going to die. That's it. So you don't, there's an indeterminate time period. There's an indeterminate amount of time. And there's, and it, and what I liked about it, I did like it, but what I liked about it was kind of the campy way it ended up. This one doesn't go campy. What I think this does really, really well is it has a constant time clock built into it. And they pick the right people to have to do the right things. In other words, to make it more tense, we have the very cool, calm, collected, analytical person stuck under the rock. We have her really emotional, like, let's go have fun sister, who also is going to tend to be more scatterbrained when put under the, the pressure cooker, which is what happens. So right out the gate, she's stuck under the rock. Stuck woman says to not stuck woman, woman, okay, you have 20 minutes. I have 20 minutes left of air. Do A first, then do B, do C, do not do anything else. Come back, and then we'll go to the next step. Person that is scatterbrained gets out of the water, forgets A, goes to do B, get, can't get B to work, stays on B for like 18 minutes. Okay, I can't get B to work. Um, I'm going to do D for a little bit. Oh, wait, wait, I got to go back to A. Oh, I fall in the water and oh, I dropped A. Uh, so <laughs> so that therein lies and that could be maddening for people. And kind of, I think Eric was right about this too, right? It could be maddening, but also it's understandable. And they give her just enough when she does something or when, when you're yelling at the screen, like, why are you doing that? She said not to do that, but then she'll do something else. She's like, oh, she didn't say to do that, but that's a good idea. You know, so there's just enough of those things that kind of pulls you back. And she has enough ideas of her own that kind of work, that kind of keep pulling you back and forth, that you are rooting all the way in this movie. And you're constantly, like I said, every 20 minutes, there's a new clock and it's running down and and there's stakes for both characters. We won't talk about it, but there's life and death stakes for both characters, not just the ones stuck under the rock. And the way they play all that together is is really, really, really well done. And this is a fine thriller. Bruce, like Eric was alluding to, this movie didn't have to be this good, right? Am I wrong on this? It could no, have been. No, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good chunk is the acting and the directing, but it really comes down to the script because- the things they have them do in this movie is what propels it. And it never stops. And it never, I mean, there's pauses. Like you said, there's little pauses where you kind of get these momentary, like glimpses into the past or where they're starting to basically go lose, <laughs> lose consciousness. So they kind of go into a somewhat of a uh, altered, I don't know, you'll call it a dream state or a fugue state or something, you know, but that's, those are so minor compared to the actual driving force of this movie, which is go, 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 go. So, yeah. yeah very should, good. Should, should also point out the amount of uh, MacGyverisms they have in this is mm -hmm. pretty genius. Like mm -hmm. uh, the, the way they use the uh, fix a flat was yep. aces. <laughs> aces. Yeah. I, I, speaking of aces, I think this movie really is aces. Look, just FYI, before we get to final ratings on the dive, I did interview Maximilian Erlenwein. 
pronunciation, my bad on this, on our sister podcast, Find Your Film. You're going to see that in about a couple of days. Regarding that, Bruce Perky asked some really good questions in the interview that I actually employed for that interview. And I do apologize publicly on this podcast to Bruce Perky because he wanted to ask about the ending of the film. And that ending will be for our Patreon members. But the warning for our Patreon members regarding the ending for the dive is... Bruce, I apologize. I did not ask all the alternate endings. There were alternate endings in the dive. The that would have been interesting to know. Yeah. <laughs> God, you can so... guess. I mean, we can guess what the alternate well, endings I know, were. But probably come, were, but... Come on, dude. I, I really screwed the... And here I am. I'm telling Eric, Eric Holmes, Eric Holmes, every interview you do, make sure you talk about spoilers. And I screw up on the spoiler <laughs> stuff. You haven't listened to this. My my apologies to Bruce and Eric, but at least for our Patreon members, you, you get to hear Max's take on the end of the die. This is a really resonant film too. We have to mention that. It's a very family film in a, in a weird way. Eric, you wanted to say something before we get to ratings. Yeah, that's it. Just, just to, uh, and not to give away the ending, but to kind of say how this movie kind of, the way this movie goes, there's a version in which May dies. There's a version where Drew tries to save May and Drew dies instead. There's a version where they both live there's a version where they both die. And the way this movie kind of goes, you have no idea until you get there. Oh, You'll have no idea how this how this ends. Very, very good, Eric Holmes. Yeah, very uh, good insights on that. And finally, again, before we go to ratings, Bruce, is there a difference between tons of digital effects and CGI as opposed to practical effects, which the dive was mainly practical effects, except what the director says a couple of scenes. But did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, for sure. And you could tell it's not green screened underwater. It's not digital underwater. It's really underwater, which it makes a big difference too. And just, there's a lot of things in here where they could have thought they were saving money by doing those things, which I don't really think does save money. It just is a different way to do it. And I feel like doing the practical way they did I, virtually this whole movie, it, it just makes it more believable. You feel grounded. You, be, you believe when you see the things that might be outrageous, because there's some things in there you might be like, oh, I don't know how believable that is. But by then you go with it because everything else is so believable and grounded. I think that is a kind of a key to a movie like this. Whereas the that fall movie, it had to yeah. kind of lean into the cheesiness, and which I liked in its own way, but had to kind of lean into the camp because there was a level of unreality to it. And I think that kind of goes with the territory with that movie. Now, so The Dive, it's in theaters on Friday, but the good news for most of you who are like to stay home like me, it is also everywhere you rent movies on Friday, August 25th. Watch this, whether you're in the theaters or if you're at home, do not watch it like Greg Strizovasi does on his friggin' iPod or Chromebook. Watch it on as big a screen as you can because like Bruce and Eric were saying, this is a, you, this has some underwater practical effects and it is set, a lot of it is set underwater. So if you like the ocean, like our buddy Anderson Gowan, you're going to, you're, hopefully you're going to love the dive. My rating is four stars as Bruce and Eric are reviewing this movie. I feel like maybe I might have rated it too low, but still, you know, four stars is a very good rating for the dive. I, I do recommend it. Bruce Park, your rating. I think I'm going to go four and a half on this movie. I think that if I watched it and I watched it alone and I enjoyed it, I think this is a great movie for people to watch together. I think if you're with a group of friends watching this movie, it's tense and it's fun. And it also is one of those movies where people might be yelling at. Everyone's going to say like what they would do when they're watching it. So even if they're upset with what the people are doing in it, they're going to have a fun time watching it. And it's not that long. I, I think this is uh, kind of a home run. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm so glad you saw it, Bruce. I was totally not. I was like, Bruce, do not see this. Uh, what? Maybe see this movie. Eric Holmes, you're rating on the dive. Um, I, I'm kind of leaning towards four and a half, but at the same time, I'm like, how do they make this movie better? And yeah, I, I kind of was of the it. same boat. I was kind of in the same boat. And you know what? It is banger season. Hell with it. Five stars. We'll go five stars. <laughs> get, get your shirts at finderfilmpodcast.com. <laughs> so that is the time. Very, very good. You know, and here's my segue. Peter Beta, I know we're going to drop your beat in, in maybe next week or whenever the kid, when is the kid detective dropping Bruce Parkey? Is it still TBD? Next week or two Probably weeks Probably next week, but after Trash Humpers, I may have a day of recovery, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> very, very good. Well, Peter Beta and Middle Class Film Class, your m- melodious music will be will be on this show very soon. Okay? Maybe next week, maybe the following week. Peter Beta, we love you. We're not going to drop the beat. I wanted to mention how much I really, over the years, we started at Movie Mainline, then we went to Find Your Film. Find Your Film still exists. It's mainly interviews right now, but now we're on cinematics. I, I want to really congratulate Bruce and Eric for turning the tide regarding my movie taste. I wanted our stuff in cinematics and find your film, whatever movie. I wanted our movie coverage to be more mainstream, populist, big movies. We watch it. We, you know, the film ball covers a lot of big movies. We love the film ball, but then they started doing this whole Jallo route. We did director spotlight. We did a lot of obscure films. And now several years later, we're still doing obscure films that are, that have smack of integrity. Like, the dive, whether you liked it or not, gold is pretty much indie kind of driven. Our father, the devil, and oh, I, I did. I threw in a little bit of retribution. So, I, but I wanted to to really honor and bless Eric Holmes and Bruce as we segue into the Netflix film, The Pope's Exorcist. What is that, Bruce? <laughs> what is that? How's that segue? Good segue. Well, well, yeah, sure. I. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to watch a stupid movie. In fact, we almost make it a, a Saturday ritual that I'll watch some dumb movie together with the kids. I did not watch this one with the kids. I just was in a mood for... Uh, Russell Crowe is is starting to become... So what's the name? I can't remember his name. Oh, the guy that makes like Plane and all those movies. You know, uh, uh, oh, right. Greenland. Greenland. Oh, Greenland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greenland. Um, Rick Roman... Rick Romanois. Yeah. No, the actor. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh Gerard, Gerard Butler. Fun. Yeah. He's a fun you know, actor. Gerard, Gerard Butler is always kind of the poor man's like... Uh, Gerard Butler? Yeah, maybe. Maybe the poor man's uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe. But I think Russell Crowe might be the poor man's uh, Gerard Butler. I don't know. They're kind of be melding into one. Anyway, um, this movie <laughs> is preposterous. This movie is almost like a parody of exorcism movies. Uh is but that I think a it, compliment though? Preposterous could be a compliment. It, it could be, yes. Uh, this is this is one of those movies that you have to go in with the right attitude, and if you go in with the right attitude and you can enjoy it on, that, on those terms, kind of three star banger idea, then I think you could have fun with this movie. But I think the magic of this movie isn't that it's a great horror movie. The magic of this movie is it thinks, I think it thinks it's a great horror movie. I think it thinks it's really scary, and I think it thinks it's blowing our minds. Uh, but what it ends up being is. Russell Russell Crowe is playing Father of Morth, who's a real person. And this, he's not a real person. This is kind of like, I, I wanted to call this the uh, VCEU. It's the Vatican City Extended Universe, or uh, whatever universe, you know how they do. Right. Um, where basically, um, <laughs> he's got Django, original Django, Franco, playing the, uh, the Pope. And uh, Franco has his exorcist, which is uh, Russell Crowe, Father of Morth. And he sends him out to these exorcisms. And... Uh, 90% of the exorcisms aren't 
aren't real. He even knows it. And he's just kind of this uh, cheesy exorcist that'll do things like, you know, yell at the people and tell them that they're lying and they're faking it, whatever. And he eventually will like get them to prove that they're not really, you know, they're not really possessed by a demon. So anyway, we cut to our story here, which is this young family from America, for some reason, have inherited an abbey. It looks like a haunted abbey. (laughs) So not only did they inherit like a haunted house, no, no, they're in Spain and they've inherited a full abbey. It's like a haunted church, like a whole giant church. And they're going to just go live there, just standard generic movie family. So then it becomes like this combination of like poltergeist in an abbey with uh, like hidden stuff underneath. It's almost like, like, I don't know, like a national treasure or something, or one of those kind of movies. But then it's got the whole exorcism angle too, with this kid that gets possessed immediately and terribly overacts as a possessed kid. This sounds so good. This sounds so good, Bruce. It's so funny. There's a perfect example to this. Like, you know, they do all the things. How are we going to deal with this? What's on another kid? They take him to doctors. Nothing works. They do this very fast. Nothing's working. So then they, of course, call a priest and the priest comes in as this young priest and he's doing his thing. And of course the kid's possessed and he's like, send, you know, like, bring me the priest or whatever, you know, like the whole, you know, the whole possessed voice and the priest goes in there and it, it snaps shot to the priest f- f- hurling out of the room against the wall. And all you hear is the demon voice like wrong priest. And they're playing this seriously. And of course, you know, then on his little scooter is the drunken, uh, drunken father of Morth played by Russell Crowe coming in to, to solve the problems. I mean, this movie is, Hilarious. <laughs> no, you, so you, you had a good time, right? I had a great time with this movie. Okay, you had a great it's, time. It's so, stupid as hell, but I had a great okay, time with it. Okay, so for example, um, I think about a year ago, we reviewed the Jenna Malone film. I think it's called Consecration, directed right. by a director you like because he, he directed Triangle years back. Yeah. But, so was this movie better than Consecration as far as this the movie, Yeah, because I think this movie was – that movie was tr- was a little – it was serious and kind of cheesy too, but – I think it didn't, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a tone thing, right? This yeah. movie is trying to be, it's trying to do for Catholicism. Now, this is going to really rub Eric the wrong way too, which is great. It's trying to do for Catholicism what the superhero movies have done for superheroes. Yeah. So it's trying to make it into these exorcist priest thing into like a a, a franchise, and that alone is such a weird concept. And to see it played out is just different than other, that other movie altogether. This is its own weird beast. And it's trying to make, I mean, they even go to the point at the end of the, they, there's a point where they kind of lay out the groundwork that this will be a sequel to this, right? And this place, there's supposed to be all these evil places on earth. And this is one of them, right? And not, not there's like a 10 or something, right? No, there's like 120 like they're implying there's going to be 120 of these movies or something. This is yeah, this is silly, but I I loved it. Okay, by the so way, by the way, I'm not angry with that. I, I love the idea. <laughs> Real quick though, have, have you seen the Devil and Father Immort? The uh, no, the documentary died? one. No, I have not. Yeah. As Freakin, right? Yeah, that that one's a little kind of silly because it's uh, Will and Freakin's kind of narrating it, and it's Father yeah. Amor doing an exorcism. But I, I I think that'd be something that someone else would watch that would be like, "Oh, this is real." I'm like, "That's uh, not real." <laughs> but, yeah, this movie does not even attempt to for anything grounded whatsoever. It is just balls to the wall, straight cheese entertainment well, right out the fun. gate. So. Bruce, I'm assuming it's a three star banger, then, right? For your yeah, rating? this is this is absolutely a three star banger because I cannot justify this as a good movie, and I can't tell people it's a good movie. But if this hits your wavelength, then 
It's a good movie. <laughs> okay. So that is the post. The Pope's Exorcist currently streaming on Netflix. It's a three-star banger from Bruce. Before we leave, we have one more recommendation and a coming soon. Eric, do you want this recommendation very quickly on what is this? What is this thing over here on the recommend? Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, uh, Ben Roy. Um, he's He lives uh, here. in Well, not here in Colorado Springs. He lives in Denver. But he's a comedian, stand-up comic. Uh, he's also an actor. He was in uh, there's a, a True TV special, Those Who Can't. Um, it's kind of like, think of Super Troopers, but with teachers. It's a funny show. But Ben Roy is one of my favorite stand-ups ever. And it, I've met him more than once, and he's a awesome guy. And he's got a new comedy special called Hyena. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. The whole thing's on YouTube. Um, if you can find a way to like pay for it and throw him some bones, that'd be the way to go. But I think the I think the YouTube uh, I put the YouTube link in the um, in the show notes. I think that's I think that's the way to go. Uh, if okay. I find out later, I'll let you know. Okay. But uh, Ben Roy's kind of, uh, he's got kind of a Dennis Leary edge. Um, I talked, this was a couple months ago. I talked about going to see him, uh, you know, at the beginning where we do the personal stuff that Greg hates. But uh, I, I talked about going to see Ben Roy and he like threatens people with a knife at the beginning. He has that bit in this hyena thing. It's really funny. Um, and yeah, he's he's just got a bunch of energy. And he has like a really good takes on stuff. Uh, and this, he talks uh, a little bit about like COVID and stuff, uh, you know, kind of looking back on the COVID thing, which that might rub people some wrong, the wrong way, but you know, he gets, he gets past it pretty quick and then gets into some, uh, some other funny stuff, even though the COVID stuff's really funny too. Um, especially the, uh, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to burn his material, but he, he has a thing of, uh, oh, because he has a real punk rock uh, kind of, he, he's in a punk band called Spells, which is really good, but he's got that punk rock kind of ethos to him. So he when he's talking about the COVID, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, you grow up and you're like, F the government, you know, F the man, we're not going to listen to you. And it's like, and then you're going to take, you're going to take the shot, you're going to take the, the, things like yeah the fu government didn't mean don't take medicine i i'm really funny today i really yeah, still this, uh, the, i don't that's we, we, i'm gonna i have a i have soundcloud I'll put, no i'll put a sound effect gong i'm gonna gong you on that ben, ben roy yeah, is better ben roy hyena yeah. Yeah, ben, ben, ben roy it, it's hour and 15 minutes and he he's got a bunch he's got a bunch of stand-ups they're all great and if you get a chance to see ben roy live go see him and go talk to him afterwards because he's an awesome guy to talk to and hang out with and yeah just i i can't say any, enough good things about him i love ben and i love his stand-up and he's he's one of my favorite comics okay so that's hyena. of all time yeah hyena ben roy we will leave the youtube link and like eric said if you can throw him some bones if you really like his comedic material finally we're going to talk about coming soon stuff next week i'm going to throw in i'm going to submarine you eric right now very quickly next week and then you can actually pick up the stuff that you actually did some plot synopsis on which was very good right. very good job on this oh next week next friday equalizer three we all know what it is denzel washington he moves his that character he moves to another place i think it's in italy and you see it from the trailer things don't go well and then he's he lays down the law so equalizer three next week also for next week on cinematics we will be covering three movies Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. What a great title that is starring Simon Pegg. So it's a movie that hopefully all three of us will watch. 
there's a movie that maybe not all three of us will watch. Maybe one of us will take a little siesta from The Good Mother. We'll see if all three of us, I don't know, maybe Bruce does, I don't know, Hillary Swank in a campy thriller called The Good Mother. I, uh, Eric, I, I think I'm going to see it. I, we'll see. I, I like Hillary Swank. Okay. Yeah. So who knows? And I like Good Mothers, so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very good. See, that was better comedic timing. I like that. We're gonna. There you we're go. Gonna, yes, very, very good. <laughs> ben Roy would approve I, of that timing. I, I'm, I'm much better when I'm doing my own material, not yes. aping someone yes. else. <laughs> yes. And then finally, Mr. Jimmy. It's about an Asian. I believe he's Japanese. I could be wrong, but Asian definitely. Who his mission is to be Jimmy Page. He literally wants to be Jimmy Page. I don't know if you guys knew that, but you see from the trailer, he can really more than strum the guitar. So he's actually aping. Jimmy Page with his own guitar skills. So that is the documentary, Mr. Jimmy, The Good Mother, Nender Fordor, and The Talking Mongoose, and then also Denzel's latest film, The Equalizer 3. That should be the only movies for next week, Eric Holmes, or are you going to, do you have something else? What, what, what are um, you I'm actually going to be covering King of Killers. I believe I'm going to be covering that. We'll, we'll see, but I'm pretty sure that I am. Uh, that one's got uh, Frank Grillo in it, uh, based on a graphic novel. Uh, let's see, what do we got? King of Killers follows former agency hitman Marcus Garan as he attempts to un- unravel the mystery behind the travel tragic incident. And I can't read when offered a 10 million contract to eliminate the world's greatest assassin. Marcus travels to Tokyo to meet a client, Frank Grillo, but discovers other professional killers have been. You know what? None of this matters. You know what matters? Frank Grillo and Stephen Dorff are in it. Therefore, I'm excited to oh, watch. Oh, really? It. Wait, with Stephen Dorff's in it? Yes. Yes. Forward me. Make sure that I get Brett, a screener like that. W- will do, Bruce. Don't worry. You don't have don't, to. Watch you're, this. Bruce, you're fine. There's another movie called All, but, Fun, uh, and Ga- All Fun and Games. Are you covering that, Eric Holmes? Or are you just not? Uh, so uh, I, I just kind of uh, tagged that and don't look away. Don't look away on uh, September 1st on VOD. Digital, it doesn't move, it doesn't think, it just kills. For one young woman, a chance encounter with the supernatural entity proves devastating. Frankie learns that once you see the mannequin, there may be no end in sight, except for your own. Don't and then look, all funny wait, games. Wait, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Sorry, sorry Eric. Don't Look Away was actually, I see the notes, only Bruce Perky will watch Bruce, Don't Look Away next week, which is going to be on I'll the be okay. I'll be busy watching Slother House instead. No. <laughs> uh, I, I should have. Oh, Bruce let, with let, the dry let's, wit. Let, no. let's, let's take some time to uh, Slother House, I believe, is coming out August no, 30th. A week later or something, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's it's like it's not on Friday. It's like that Thursday or 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 Wednesday. Slaughterhouse, okay. Slaughterhouse. Um, I'm guessing slaughterhouse, but with a sloth. <laughs> yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> and then finally, all fun and games. Why don't you take that away, Eric Holmes? Oh yeah, this one's in limited release. Oh, by the way, King of Killers is going to be VOD digital on September first. But all fun and games can be unlimited theatrical release. A terrifying tale about a group of Salem teens who discover a cursed knife that unleashes a demon that forces them to play gruesome, deadly versions of childhood games where there can be no winners, only survivors. All fun and games limited release September first. So that's what we got coming up. And to beat a dead horse, we are really expanding our cinematics universe via our website, findyourfilms.com. We have to really mention this. We're going to cover, I, I want to make sure we cover as many movies as we can to that website. For for some reason, the website, I didn't tell us to Eric and Bruce, getting some pretty good traction. So a lot of these movies that we don't cover for our cinematics episode, some of these movies like Don't Look Away, 
Slaughterhouse, All Fun and Games, Eric and I had a discussion that they will all be reviewed by Bruce Perky, who will be doing that stuff for Find Your Films. Thank you so much, Bruce, for covering all of those movies that won't be on cinematics uh, for posterity. You feel it'll be amazing. Don't worry. Yes, I got this. So so look forward to a lot of these movies reviewed by Bruce Perky, maybe in some kind of metaverse, uh, multiverse, maybe uh, some kind of Pope's exorcist universe. It'll be somewhere out there in the ether. Final thoughts from Eric Holmes. Uh, yeah, I know Greg likes to cover it. He really wants to cover the big, sexy, uh, blockbuster movies. And I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Uh huh. I also saw The Flash. Really? Oh, and I saw Barbie. Good. You saw Barbie? You saw Barbie too? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Barbie's cool. really good. Oh, you didn't that, know. You, that, you tell us. That, well, that's all I got. Okay, yeah, that's that's all you got. You really did see Barbie, didn't you? Okay, very good. That's all you got for that movie. You know what? We we it's all about clicks and and, and baits, right, Bruce? We're gonna get some more uh, Barbie thoughts next clicks week. Clicks on... and baits, did you? So the, <laughs> the, the fact Click that base. I said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, The Flash, and Barbie, you can put that in the headline. <laughs> right. And very, technically, very I good. did talk about it. Very good, Eric Holmes. Thank you. Hashtag yeah, clicks, clicks, clicks. Before we clicks, let's get to the so, some truth with final words from Bruce Berkey. Uh, I haven't seen Barbie and I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Sorry, guys. It'll okay, happen eventually. I, I'm here with my seven-year-old niece, Claire. Say hi to Bruce and Eric. Hey, Claire. Hi, Bruce and Eric. Yeah, Hello, guys, Claire. Claire. Can, can you tell them what, can you tell them what's your favorite movie of all time? What do you think? What, what's your, what movie do you love so far? Say it on the microphone. What do you say? Oh, you don't have a movie? She's watching Harry Potter right now. You want to see one more thing before you go? Uh, we're leaving right now. We're almost finished <laughs> the podcast. What else do <laughs> you want to hey. say? Hey, hey, Claire! What? Just tell us some movies that you like. What so, movies do you like? Have to be, doesn't have to be your favorite. It's just something you like. So, um, give a, give us give them a movie you like. What what movie you, do you love? Anything? Any movie that you love? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, which one? What? Yes, of course. Yeah. What? What? What do you love? Tell them. Tell them. What do you love? I love the first, second, and third Harry Potter. Oh, she nice. loves the first, second, and third Harry Potter. First, second, and third. All right. Okay, we're. we're We'll it's see you next week on Cinematics. <laughs> Claire, say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Claire, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week here on Cinematics. Good luck, Claire. All right. Love you guys, okay? I'll, I'll see you. Good job. Bye. I'll Holy miss crap, you. Bye. that was adorable. Okay, that was, that was adorable. She's my favorite person in the whole wide world. I'll see you guys.